Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Today's episode, thanks Rich Klein for suggesting Jade Asperis from ComC, one of his co-workers, somebody he really respects. And so uh, thanks, Jade, for sharing your story. When we were hiring people back in the day, to have somebody that had 10 years of hobby shop experience was terrific. They hit the ground running, very versatile. They understood the industry. So, Jade, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you, sponsors, not just ComC, but also Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, and Upper Deck, Panini, and Tops. So, Jade and I went back and forth. We had a Zoom interview, and then I think he got back to work there on the West Coast. So, here it is. Thank you, Jade. Welcome to the show, Jade. Thanks for having me. started collecting in 86. Luckily, I was a big Sonics fan, so I collect basketball. <laughs> so, yeah, I had 45-cent packs, 86, 87 Fleer, and that was basically what started me on my collection. That and Pops football from 86. So that was also a great a bunch of Jerry Rice's and Michael Jordan's. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So I was able to stack those up. And then in high school, I started working at AAS and worked there from 94 to about 99. From there, I went to school. And in 2001, Jeff Holland, who now works at ComC, yeah. uh, he had a card shop in my neighborhood, and I actually started working for him from 2001 to 2009. At the time, Steve Hollander was one of our big customers. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and he stopped in and told us about the site. And in 2009, Jeff closed his store, and I needed something to do, and I wanted to stay in cards. I loved selling product and singles. I just had that 10 years of LCS experience and it was a great way to talk to people and just talk sports all day. It was a great job for high school and then in my startup. Yeah, we loved it when we were hiring people back in the day that had a lot of card shop experience. It doesn't get any better than that. You totally understand the industry, understand what customers want. And so I'm sure you brought that great experience to ComC because ComC has been collector friendly from the start. Yeah. Funny story. When they came in, not Steve, but ComC had a salesperson that came into our card shop and was saying, oh, you guys should start using our website. And Jeff and I kind of looked at each other and went, why would we when we have an LCS? Like we have the platform here and we have a customer base. And I didn't submit while I was working at the card shop. And Things changed. ComC was not the juggernaut it is now. I got an account in 2010 and things were moving along then, but it's just continued to increase every year. It was okay in the beginning for me, but it's way better now. Yeah, definitely. And when I first started, I think we were doing about 10,000 cards a week and there really wasn't a wow. schedule for when cards got put on. It was just a first come first serve. So it was definitely a change up to now where we're putting up 10,000 is easy in a day. Uh, yeah, it's definitely changed. I started in the first warehouse, just a small office. And Tim's office was right next door. It was just a little room. And yeah, we were all cramped into a small uh, lobby space where we first worked. What different departments have you worked in? Because when you're working in a local card shop, 
there frequently are not job titles. It's just, you got to do what you got to do. As a company gets bigger, there's job titles and responsibilities. But what are the different things you've done for ComC? Because I imagine it's gotten more professionalized and organized as it's a much bigger company now than it was. Oh, definitely. When I first started, I'm employee number 23 on our roster. But when I started, there were 10 of us. I was hired for ID of the cards and there were three of us doing that. And we were also sorting any of the incoming submissions. Yeah. From there, I ended up becoming the ID manager and I did that for five years. So I have a lot of experience with uh, your submissions going through a lot of sample cards and very unique. Yeah. Yeah. But in the early days, ComC had a relationship with the Beckett Media. I had sold the company, but I was encouraging my former teammates, obviously, to that this was an up-and-coming thing, that the, our nomenclature and price guide and stuff like that. So there were clear tie-ins in the early days. Did, oh, did definitely. That your, did that make the ID job easier? Yes. I also, after ID, went into creating our catalog when we lost that info. And that that was a chore. Respect yeah. everything that goes into trying to create all those checklists and just the info that goes in creating something like that. Yeah, I go way back with that kind of work. It was back in the 70s when I got started on this stuff. It just There were fragments, there were bits and pieces, but frankly, Jade, some of the published material was incorrect. Just take from some other source, you had to have some level of verification. Now with ComC, you're staring at the card. Yeah. That definitely helps. And you're going to describe it, but you do have millions of cards now to stare at. So that kind of makes it easier. Back in the early days, wow, you just had to find people you trusted and you had to verify as much as you could. Yeah. Uh, the Beckett helped. I had a Dan Hit that I could email. Got I could find anything from uh, the Beckett side. I could email him and he'd make changes very quickly. Yeah. So <laughs> from ID, I was also... Uh, sorting a lot of the premium and select at the time are two top services. That took a lot of my time. So I had to stop doing as much ideas before. And that's when Charles came on and took over that position. From there, I was pretty much sorting full time. When you say sorting, what do you mean? Do you mean when somebody sends in a large lot, are you kind of reorganizing it so the data entry will be easier? Yes. There are things on our scans that you can't see, such as stamps and foil. And if I can catch short print variations, if I know that they are, it just makes it a lot easier for the ID team. So you'd Uh, set them aside or make a notation or what? Yeah. Then it gets properly listed. Uh, if we catch those types of variations or stamps, it just makes it a, a lot easier and faster. Some of mine get missed. And yeah. I probably just run my theory by you. I, I think more often than not, it gets missed because they're not looking for it. For yeah. example, if I send in a second copy of something that you already have listed, it's the tougher variation or the embossed one or something like that, generally mm-hmm. you'll connect that properly. But if mm-hmm. I'm putting in the only one there, it gets missed, Jade, because yeah. I don't have anything to compare it to. And at arm's length, it looks like it's just the base card. Yeah, and that's the tough thing. And we still get a lot of correction requests for cards. It's really hard when you get those types of unique cards. And especially when you're IDing, you're just looking at a picture of it and you don't see the embossing or you may miss a foil type stamp in the shine. Right. The card. Glossies, I don't even know how somebody does glossy. That's what makes me wonder about tag grading, that they're going to do it all. Maybe glossy would be more reflective, but you have high-res scans. 
And I can't, I have to make a mental note before I submit that I'm submitting these glossies that look very similar to the regular without the special coding, but it's hard to tell. Yeah. And with the speed of the sort, small notes can help our sorting team as well. If I tried to put small it. notes on there and they said, don't do that. It's, we just have to take uh, notes off. And I thought, yeah, but okay. you're missing it. And maybe that's a, a change since I've left that. So that if area. I put a little sticky note on it saying, hey, this is this version. But I think things have changed as we've gotten yeah. bigger. More people are sorting and going through the cards. Yeah. You know, guys like Rich that can tell you a variation in a parallel, I tend to try to take in that information and go, oh, this set had the glossies this year. Or watch out for sparkles in this set. There, there are codes on the backs of the cards now where you can find the SSPs now stuff like that if you can see them (laughs) i hear you yeah the good thing about rich is that he'll give you an answer it'll be correct and it'll be fast but yeah no i think the the other dilemma that you have is that with i think if i'm trying to reverse engineer some of the things you all do is that you don't necessarily make the assumption that the parallel of the set is a full parallel if no one has submitted the parallel version of a certain card it's not necessarily in the database until I put it in there as you know a card that's a parallel. You could be right 99% of the time that the parallel, but there are exceptions to where not every card had a parallel. Oh, yeah. That, so where the like it in there. So it's a difficult job. We considered doing something like ComC back before because we had lots of big idea board of things we were thinking about doing. And it was just a lot of moving parts. A lot of ways that things can go wrong. And utmost respect for Tim and the team for keeping it together and moving it forward and t- taking good care of my cards <laughs> and finding a home for the cards that I don't need anymore. And somebody else is, is delighted to have them. Yep. I use the site daily as well. It's been great to put the cards I don't want and pick up cards that I do want in my PC. So what what's your what are you doing right now for CompC? What's your um, I recently moved back to working more on the catalog. There's a lot of fixing that we're doing right now. And I also set up at the local card shows, normally Jeff and Andy and Jim Osborne. There's a team that does the out-of-state shows. I'm here locally to accept submissions. Rich and Angela and Stefan are doing that here. Oh, yeah. I think they're having pretty good success. It's saving me the hassle of boxing it up and mailing it in. So I hope other people are taking advantage of it. It makes an even more personal service. Yeah, take some submissions, but a lot of times it's just showing off the site and what it can do for uh, people. The people that attend the card shows, there are still people that haven't heard of us and they want to know what we do. Yeah, Rich and Stefan and Angela, they also, and this is not not a negative, they have to tell people you don't want to submit that. <laughs> because oh, yeah. they'll bring up a big box and say, I heard Comp C was great. Here's my box of cards. Just what do I got to do to submit them? And any one of them will look through the cards and say, you need to screen these more carefully. There's some stuff there that really will not be in your best interest or even Comp C's best interest, especially when somebody's would have a bad customer experience. If their cards, it won't sell very well or where there's already a bunch of them on the site at better than reasonable prices. So... But yeah, I think it's better to do that in person to say, mm-hmm. hey, look, these cards, they look good, but there's already a bunch of them on ComC and you're going to pay 50 cents to list it and somebody's got it for 51 cents. <laughs> do you want to make a penny? Yeah, there's definitely homework that 
has yeah. to be done if you're going to submit. When you're trying to make some money on whatever you have, you don't want to go negative on the card you submit. You had some episodes on your podcast about Ooh. that. Yeah. There are cards that people sell like that when they buy ports. I understand that. Yes. When, yes. yes. And then you just uh, pour it over. Yeah. And you didn't pay any. If I'm going to put a card on it, it's a good card, but somebody's got it on there for 39 cents. I'm not going to pay 50 cents to list it if somebody's already at 39 cents. On the other hand, if I buy the card at 39 cents, I just paid minus 11 cents for the card because I didn't have to do the 50 cents. And if it's a good card, and I love the thing where you have some indication of the velocity of sales to see, hey, a bunch of them sell every quarter. I can have a second card in there too. Thanks, Jade. You want to add about your origin story? Like I say, the card shop experience is just so invaluable. Oh, definitely. I probably wouldn't have been in the position I'm in now without a... Comcy and the card shop experience, as well as Beckett, the magazine. My parents would bring me to card shows if I showed them in the back <laughs> of Beckett. I'm going, there's these card shows this weekend. Okay. You know, that was made it legit. Always a great memory is just bringing around a Beckett just to show yeah. my parents where to go. That's cool. And you were in the Seattle area. Pretty cool. You knew Jeff Holland from before and Steve Hollander from before. Yep. It's great that part of the relationships that the hobby's based on. A very likable group of people that share the common interest of sports cards. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's for Seattle being such a big city, it's still a pretty close knit community.